Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you all today. What a special, special presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. Man, oh man, I just love it when God shows up like that. And, um, and I just, I'm grateful for his spirit, for his presence that's felt this morning already in the house of the Lord. And so I'm excited. We're continuing on our series on I Have Decided. And today, the title of my message is I Have Decided to Live the Generous Life. Now, I'm speaking to the choir. I want you to know that this, this message is not moved or motivated because I'm trying to get, you know, people off center. I'm trying to, you know, get people to do something that they're, that they're not currently doing. I want you to know this, that I love pastoring Grace Church for many, many different reasons. But one of the reasons why I absolutely love pastoring this church is because these are some of the most, you are some of the most generous people, come on, that I have ever met. And there's never been a need that we've had or a vision that we've set forward that this church has not stepped up and just absolutely made happen. And so, so while the case may be in some churches that there's a, there's a method behind the madness or there's, there's, a, there's an underlying message that I'm trying to put forward, I'm just telling you this, I'm sharing the word of God, but this church is already doing it. Amen. And so I also just want to, I also just want to hit on the fact that, that uh, I, I hear things all over about our church throughout this community, really, really amazing things and, and some not so amazing things, but I've heard things, well, I've heard a lot of things and I'm not going to go into that, but I've heard that, well, boy, that Grace Church, it's all about money. And, um, and I want you to know if this is your first time here that very rarely will you hear us address the topic of finances or money, and very rarely will you hear us even, even take the offering. I mean, we'll probably take an offering, pray for an offering, and those types of things about half of the time. Some people might ask, well, why is that? Because our people already know how to give, and they already Come on, understand the, 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 that it takes money to move things and, and people are already stepping up and, and, and making things happen. And so I just want you to know that if this is your first time here, I want you to know that this Sunday is a little bit different than most Sundays because I'm going to be talking about the generous life. I'm going to be talking about money this morning. And guess what? While I preface it with all of that good stuff, I don't. I don't apologize for what the scripture says whenever it comes to giving. Some pastors, they feel like, that. guys, I'm so sorry that this morning is going to be one of those messages that we got to talk about giving and money. And I know we don't, like to, we don't like to talk about that. And you probably wouldn't have showed up if you would have known that that was the message today. And that, like, that's not us. We have no qualms talking about 
the importance of you being generous and making whatever it is that we're doing to move forward. We don't apologize for that because it's God's word, amen? But I also just want to say this, that if it's your first time here and you show up and you're just like, yeah, I heard that. That church always talks about money. And sure enough, I show up and what are they doing? They're talking. All I'm saying is come back next week. That's what I'm saying. Come back. Come back next week. And if you are here for the first time, will you just put your hand in the air so I can just welcome you and greet you? Is there anybody here? Awesome. I see you right back here. Anybody else here for the first time right here, sir? I see anybody up top. Online, you're here for the first time. Wait, I, somebody's pointing over in this. Right there, I see you, man. It's good to see you. Is that Royce? All right, brother. It's good to have you here. Um, now, listen, if you're, if you're not a part of this church and you're looking for a church family, I just want you to know I love pastoring this church, and I would love to be considered to be your pastor as well. So please consider, prayerfully consider making Grace Church your home church if you currently don't have one. So I have decided to live the generous life is where we're at today. And um, I want us to realize that what we've learned up to this point is, is that life's decisions lead to destinations. Like you can, you can look where you are right now in life and you can rest assured that you are here you're where you are, whether you like it or not, because of the decisions that you've made in the past. And so what it is that you choose to decide is very, very critical. And it will set the course and it will lead you to the destination as far as where you're going to arrive in the future. I also want us to know that generosity is the heartbeat of the purpose-filled life. Generosity, being a generous person. And once again, I want to thank you for being a generous church. Studies have shown that the average person, they, they, they experience or are exposed to anywhere between 7,000 and 10,000 advertisements each and every day. And there was a huge study, come on, this can be overwhelming, that there was a huge study, I think they spent like $5 million in this study to come to find out that the more advertisements that you're exposed to, the more things you're going to buy. Wasn't that a good use of money? Whether you're, whether you're watching the news or you're listening to commercials or you're passing by billboards or you're reading the newspaper, man, we are inundated with advertisements. And, um, and it can absolutely be overwhelming. But it really does lead to the idea that the more ads that we see, the more miserable we are. Why, it, why does all of these advertisements in our culture lead to people being miserable? It leads to being miserable because sometimes when we're focused on the wrong thing, we focus on what we don't have instead of what it is that we do have. And of course, advertisements are like, listen, you need this. You need this new iPhone, whatever the, what's the latest iPhone that is out? Anybody? What is it? 19? Titanium. Okay. I was like, boy, they're already up to 19 already. I tell you what, man, I'm bringing back the flip phone. I just want you, I just want y'all to know this. It's a smartphone. It's a flip phone. You know why I'm bringing back the flip phone? Because I miss being able to hang up on people. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you remember, you remember whenever you, you had, a, you had a, the phone that hung on your wall and somebody just made you mad and you're just like, tack, tack, tack. Did anybody else do that? You miss it three or four times and then you just, well, listen, sometimes I still get a little irritated. I'm still in the process of being saved, but I can just be like, listen, listen, listen to this. <laughs> Bringing back the flip phone so that we can hang up on some folks. But culture tells you that, listen, you're really missing out unless you have the latest and you have the greatest. See, culture also tells us that it's more blessed to get than it is to, to give, right? But how many of you know that Jesus was counterculture? And in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, Jesus himself says, listen, it's more blessed to give than to receive. See, many desire to give, they would love to live the generous life, but, but they don't feel like they can. And I'm just saying this today, that if you're going to live generously, you have to make the decision to live generously. Come on, you've got to make that decision right now. You've got to predetermine. You have to decide that I am going to be a generous person. See, when given an opportunity and you can fill in the blank, let's go ahead and shift it. When given the opportunity and you can fill in whatever blank to invest in children, let's just say that's the fill in the blank. When given the opportunity to fill in the blank, to invest in children, I am determined, come on, to put my, my time and my finances towards them. And you can do this for anything in, in life. But you have to pre-decide what it is that you want to do. And I'm just saying this, that you're never going to accidentally become generous. You're never going to show up just one Sunday and, say, and, 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 and accidentally write a check and slip it into a tithe envelope and put it into the offering. Come on, you're never going to just accidentally slip into feeding the homeless. You're never going to accidentally slip into sending somebody that can't afford to go on a mission trip. See, there's a lot of people that they'll say things like this, and it's really a lie unto themselves. It's like, I will be generous when I get that promotion. I will be generous when I, I make six figures. This is one that I absolutely love, and I hear it. I've heard it since I was, since I was first saved. I'll be generous, man. When God allows me to, to win the lottery, then I am going to pay for this and I'm gonna pay for that and I'm gonna pay for, you know what I'm saying, what, whatever. When I have more, then I will give more. But I'm telling you this, that generosity isn't about what you have, it's about who you are. You're either a generous person or you're not. And, and generosity doesn't just deal with finances. How many of you know it deals with time and it deals with, 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 with many other things, valuable things that you have limited supply of? I've met poor people that are generous and some rich people will say, well, the reason why they're poor is because they're generous. And I've met some rich people that are generous. In fact, wealthy people and poor people that are generous, they actually move the kingdom of God forward. 
But guess what? I've also met rich people that are stingy and poor people that are stingy. And so it can go either way because it's not a matter of what you have. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of what is inside. And, and, and I just I want you to realize that it has nothing to do with what it is that you currently possess. And so in our quest to be a generous people, Come on, what are the challenges? Let's just be obvious and, 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 and state the challenges. One of the challenges is self-ambition. We live in a world where, where everything is screaming, listen, you gotta watch out for yourself. Nobody else is gonna get it for you. You gotta go and get it for yourself. And, and so culture glorifies this, this self-centered pursuit of gathering more and more unto you and your family. And, and, and there's even songs that are written with the underlying message that you need to get it while you can get it. Get it while the getting is good. Because the getting may not be good all the time. And so you got to get it. You got to gather. You got to go for it while you can. See, selfishness will lead us away from the joy of generosity. But Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25 says this, that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed? And then number two, the second problem that we have whenever it comes to generosity is what I would call the giver's dilemma. The giver's dilemma. They may not be a real, they may not be a real generous person, but come on, in the right setting and in the right moment, Come on, they can hear a sad enough story or enough inspiration that it's going to knock them off of center and it's going to cause them to reluctantly give what it is that they don't necessarily want to give, but they're moved to do something. So this is the giver's dilemma. And can I just tell you this? One of the things that we talk about frequently in this church whenever we talk about giving that is if you cannot give, come on, with a happy heart, with a smile on your face, if you can't give and it be a celebration, then we really encourage you to keep your finances to yourself until you can because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Let me say that again. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Proverbs eleven twenty five. a generous person once again will prosper, but whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. Somebody say every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. See, God wants us, come on, to be continuous givers. God wants us to be intentional givers. God wants us to be committed to the idea of generosity. Number three is fierce of, uh, fear of scarcity. And so we buy into the idea that, man, if I give, then I'm not going to have enough for myself. God, you know what I want. You know what I desire. And if, I, if I'm faithful with the tithe, then, then there's, there's going to be a shortage. And I'm going to be the one that pays for it. And I'm just saying that, that this is something that many people have to overcome. But whenever you step out and you're faithful with things like the tithe, then what's going to happen is God is going to show you 
that there's more than enough because why his scripture says of Philippians chapter 4 and 19, and my God will supply every need. Some needs, most needs, no, he will supply every need of yours. Every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so when we begin to trust God and, and we trust in his provision and we trust in his care and he, we trust in his concern, then what that does is it removes the fear of scarcity in our lives. Luke chapter 12, Jesus is telling a story of a man that has been working his fields and, you know, he's a, he's a farmer or, or, or does that type of a work. And, and, and he has a, an incredible year, just a, just, a, just a year of abundance and a year of overflow. Amen. Some of you know what this is like because you've been grinding, you've been grinding, you've been grinding. And then all of a sudden, come on, the getting gets good. And this man is in no, he's in the same situation and, and, and he's got this tremendous harvest, and he's asking himself, what should I do? Let me tell you, before I tell you what he did do, let me tell you what he didn't do. He didn't, he didn't go back to a promise that he had made a long time ago and said, God, remember I told you that when the getting gets good, you can count on me. You know, remember, remember when I had nothing and then I said, I said, you know what, God, whenever you give me something, then I'm going to send those folks on that mission trip. And then I'm going to help build that gymnasium. And then I'm going to do whatever, whatever, whatever. That's not what he did. This is what he did. He did what he had always done, even when he had nothing. Luke chapter 12 and 18, it says this. Then he said, I know, I got a great idea. I'm gonna tear down my old barns. I'm gonna, those cheap old things, they really weren't doing that great of a job anyway. I'm gonna just tear those things down and I'm gonna build bigger ones. Come on, then I'll have room to store all of my wheat and the other goods. And I'll sit back and I'm gonna say to myself, self, come on. You have enough stored away for years to come. Now just take it easy, eat and drink, and be merry. See, this is the deal. The more money you have doesn't make you more generous. It literally just makes you more of what you already are when you had nothing. Money doesn't change a thing because generosity isn't about what you possess, what you have. Generosity is a, it really is a reflection of the heart. It's a reflection of who you are. So the qualities of the generous person, number one, generous people plan to be generous. They literally put a plan in place to be generous. I know a guy that that is faithful, and he's a, he's a new Christian. He's faithful in paying his tithes and giving an offering every once in a while. But he has seen the benefit and the blessing of being faithful in the area of finances. He also serves within the church also. He came to me and he said, listen, I've got a plan. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna continue to pay my tithe and my offering, my, my tithe. But he said, every month I'm gonna earmark he said, I know it's not a lot, but I'm going to earmark 50 bucks and I'm going to look for a place. I'm going to be led by the spirit of God to give that additional $50 every single month. 
every single month. Now, it'll be cool to hear how this turns out in the future, but I'm telling you what, generous people put a plan in place to be generous. That's exactly what this gentleman is doing. Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 8, just so you don't think I'm just making stuff up. I can't say it any clearer than the word of God. It says, but generous people, they plan to do what is generous. Well, that was a great point, Travis. Well, all I had to do was read the word. That's all I had to do. It was amazing. And they stand firm in their generosity. Most people, what happens is, is they'll see a need, and, and, and maybe they're moved and motivated by the need. Maybe it's a sad story. Maybe, maybe they're inspired. And then they will give a gift towards whatever that need is. And can I just tell you that that is good? There's nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful. But just because somebody gives doesn't mean that they're generous. Just because somebody is a giver doesn't mean that they've got a generous heart behind the gift. And so a lot of people are moved and motivated by a sad story. Anybody ever, you're just watching TV and these are usually like late at night, late at night, and then the animal, I gotta turn them real quick or else I'll just empty my checkbook out. I'll just, you know, like the animal, it just irritates me to see that people don't take care of their, their pets in their animals. And so, man, I got a real soft spot in my heart and I'm just, I got to turn it. I got to turn it. I don't want to see that. I want to be able to sleep. You know what I mean tonight? But people, when they're moved, come on, when their heartstrings are strummed upon, then they will, then they'll be generous and they're, they'll give. And I'm saying that any good, any giving is good giving, but it's not necessarily generosity. See, generous people, they don't have to be guilted or inspired to do something. They just are looking for opportunities to make a difference. I'm just thinking you guys are right here. I'm just, just thinking, Joe and Roxy, I know you guys, you guys, you probably hate me for this, and I'll take it on the chin later, but I am very involved in this community and I'm just telling you, it's people like Joe and Roxy. They don't do what they do, you know, for recognition or anything like that. But I hear things that you guys are a part of because I'm connected to where you guys are going out and looking and say, listen, hey, how can I help you? Do you need anything? You got anything coming up, right? Right? There's a lot of people in this church that are like that. Erica and TJ, Jeff Sigmund, there are people that just, that, and I can't go down this road because I'm going to make somebody upset because I'm not going to be able to get to everybody. But I'm telling you this, that I love our church because people, Randy, I just see you out here. We have over $50,000 worth of trees that were just given because of a generous heart. And I could go down, Tom King, every, I, so many people, so many people make things happen here, not because we get up and we, and we talk about, hey, guys, we have this need, and, and we, don't, we don't have a bulletin in front of you every single week saying, this is the dollar amount that needs to come in, and, and, and boy, we're in the red, we're in the red, please, please give. 
We got generous people. Why? Because it's our culture. But I'm telling you this. God loves a generous heart. Another, yeah. I, there's so many people right now that are flooding my mind. But I, I can't go there. And so just know if you're sitting here and you're generous, I'm already thinking about you. And so generous people are not reactive, but they're proactive. We, I've been to churches and I've been a part of even a church once that, that, that every Sunday there were two messages. There was the message on giving, the importance of giving, and then there was the real message that, that everybody needed to hear. And, 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 and the reason was is because the culture in that church wasn't the same culture that we have in this church. It was completely different. See, the only the only way that people would give, and I don't even blame the pastor for having two messages because there are some churches that are filled with some people that the only time that they give is whenever there's a sad story or there's some inspirational motivation that takes place. And so I don't even fault somebody that gets up and gives two messages, a 15-minute message on giving and then the real message because the pastor has to do whatever the pastor can do to get people, you know what I mean, to move, to become mobile, to reach the community that the pastor and the church is called to reach. And so we don't fault them, but I'm just saying once again, that's not our church. And I'm so thankful that that's not our church. My encouragement to you today, if you're not generous, plan and prayerfully design your life towards becoming more generous. Number two, number two, selfishness reveals a spiritual problem. It's not the ability to give something or to, or to, or to be a part of being generous. It's literally a spiritual issue. Boiled down, it really comes to a lack of trust in God. Matthew chapter 19, 24 says this. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel. This used to really bug me. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God. When, before I knew what this was really talking about, this really disturbed me. I'm like, but God, I know some generous people that have a lot of money. And this doesn't really make sense. It's easier. But this is what this is talking about. The eye of a needle is not a sewing instrument. The eye of the needle really represents gates in Jerusalem See, imagine this. You got this huge 20-foot or 40-foot gate, right? This huge 40-foot gate. And this is for commerce. It's for bringing trailers and, and, and all kinds of goods and everything through these large gates. But the majority of the time, come on, the main gate is closed. That 40-foot section is closed. But there's a small little gate that is just big enough for people to walk through this is called the eye of the needle. And then there's also these corridors and these passages throughout the city that are also referred to as the eye of the needle. And the idea is that you cannot get a camel that is loaded up with a bunch of stuff through the eye of a needle. It's easier for, it's more difficult for a rich man to get and inherit the kingdom of God than getting that camel. See, what has to happen 
to get that camel through the eye of the needle, that small gate, is it's got to be stripped of everything that it's carrying. It's got to be humbled. It's got to be bent down. And it's got to be walked through. And guess what? That eye of the needle, that passage is going to scrape and it's going to leave some scratches because there's no additional room for anything else to get through it. It's not saying that rich people can't get there. It's just saying, listen, you got to humble yourself. You got to get low. You got to realize that the blessings that you have, it's not just because you're so smart. It's because God has blessed you and he has given you a plan and a purpose for that blessing. And it goes beyond, come on, your, he wants to bless you. He wants you to have nice things. He wants you to leave a wonderful inheritance for your children. All of those things, but it goes beyond that. He says, listen, I'm also earmarking you for kingdom business. I have called you a gatherer. I have given you the ability to gather to yourself because I'm moving the kingdom of God forward. So how do I break the cycle of self? Just real quick, you got to put first God and put God first in all things. Matthew 6:33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things, all of what things? Everything else will be added unto you. It's called the God first life. You put him first, he takes care of the rest. Come on, how do we do this on a regular basis? It's called the tithe. The tithe is 10% of your first fruits. It's like, man, I got a hundred, I made a hundred bucks this week. That is so good. The first 10, not the last 10, belongs to God. You bring it into the storehouse and you, and you give it to God and you trust that God is going to use it. Malachi chapter three and 10 says this, Bring the whole tithe. What's the whole tithe? It's the whole 10%. It's not nine, it's not five, it's not three, it's not 6% this, this month and, 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 and 11% next month. It's, it's the tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Malachi 3:10b. I will mark it a B. It says, test me in this says the Lord Almighty. How many of you know you should pay attention if the Lord Almighty is saying something? Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see that I will not pour out a blessing, that, and, I, and that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, that there will not be enough room in the storehouses to store it. So he's saying, listen, just try me in this. If you're brand new, test me in this and see Come on, if it's, if, it's, if it's worth doing or not worth doing. And if it's not worth doing, then you just go back to doing the way things you, how you did it before. See, I want you to realize too, that this is not a prosperity gospel. We are not a prosperity church. What this is, is generosity. See, we don't believe that everybody is supposed to have a million dollars in the bank. And we're not telling you that if you'll trust God that you're going to have a bunch of money in the bank. That's a prosperity gospel. This is generosity. We don't believe that, that nobody is ever supposed to get sick. There are people that, that preach that, 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 that you just never get sick. And I have a hard time with that because the Apostle Paul dealt with some things for a long period of time that he wished he didn't deal with. Right? Right? But whenever you do get sick, 
I want you to know that there is a God that is able to heal you. Amen. This isn't a prosperity gospel. I'm not telling you to give so you can get. Right? I'm telling you to give because God is saying it's, it's, it's what I have created you for. Be like me. I am generous. I gave it all. Be like me. Be generous too. Somebody said in our, in our, I think it was David Repke, he said, man, God, in our pre-service prayer, he said, God, you've been so good to me. You've been so good to us. Wouldn't it be a slap in the face if we just weren't good to other people? Right? He calls us to be what it is that he is. Doesn't have to look a certain way, but he sure gives us some instruction and some direction. See, as Christians, we don't deal with leftovers. We deal with first fruits. First fruits. It's not the leftovers. It's not the let me pay my bills and let me get all this other stuff. Let me, I want to get that Jeep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you guys are like, boy, he really wants a Jeep. I envy you if you've got that Jeep with the axe in the back that nobody ever uses, the cool gas cans on the. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You're like, I see you driving around. They say I shouldn't be what I shouldn't covet, but I'm just like, oh, that's a nice Jeep. That's a real nice Jeep. Give God your best and watch him bless the rest. And so number three is this. Where do I begin? You begin with the tithe, the 10%. And then you, then you also look for opportunities to give offerings and offerings can be a lot of different things. Somebody, you know what I'm saying? You're driving by and there's somebody begging for money on the street corner. And it, it, just whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different ways. Somebody going on a, on a mission trip. or There's just so many, so many different needs. You know, we're, when I was talking to Tina yesterday. We're trying to get hooked up with the, with the women's shelter, either here locally or if we even have to go over to Twin. We want to, we want to invest in things that are making a difference, that, 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 that they just need more finances and, and more money, come on, to serve people better. We're looking for different ways to get involved in this community. And there's, there's a bunch of them. There, you don't have to look very far to see somebody that could use either some, some, some strength, some manpower, where you roll up your sleeves and you go get dirty with them, or, you know what I'm saying, you help finance something. And so number three is the generous roundup. They round up. They round up. I was at a local restaurant, in fact, Javi and Davina, and, and all of us were at this local restaurant. I'm not going to say what restaurant, but they had a waitress that we heard, I couldn't even believe that she was so bold, but we heard, we walk in, we got this big group of people with a bunch of young people, bunch of kids, and this was the, this was the look on the waitress's face. Oh gosh, not another one of these Christian groups. <laughs> Why? Because some Christian groups are notorious for being terrible, stingy tithers. And so they're working, 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 filling coffee, filling coffee, and then you got a few cents on the table, or here's a buck. And so anyway, the service was absolutely horrendous. It was terrible in our, in our area here. Terrible because this gal already had in her mind that this was gonna be a waste of her time. You know what we did? We blessed her socks off. We, I guarantee you, as a group, 
as a group and the, and the, and the service was terrible. But as a group, she had never gotten a tip like that before, I can promise you. And I guarantee you that that right there spoke more, come on, than, than anything else that we could have done. And guess what? The next time we went back in, it was very different. It was very different. Now, listen, you, I'm, not, I'm not a big proponent of just tipping people that don't do a good job. I think that we've, I think that we've come to a state and a place where, where there's an expectation to give mediocre service, but yet have this expectation of a great tip. And I'm not that person, but I'm telling you what, there's opportunities, come on, to, 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 to break things off a little bit, right? To do things a little bit different. All right, Proverbs 21, 26, I gotta go here. All right, somebody say amen. Go, Travis, go. It's time to get out of here. Proverbs 21, 26, Solomon. All day long, the Bible says, the lazy and the selfish, they crave and they crave. They want more, they desire more. The lazy and the selfish, all they can do is focus on what it is that they want, what it is that they need, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. There's a story of a lot of stories of generosity. The Good Samaritan, right? Guys whipped, beaten, bruised, left for dead. All of a sudden, a man comes along, puts oil on his wounds and bandages him up and takes him to the hotel and, and gives two silver coins. And he says, listen, take care of this man. I'm going to be coming back through here. And if it costs more than what it is that I've already given you, then I'll go ahead and take care of that when I come back through again. Luke 10, 35, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If the, if the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Zacchaeus, a wee little man, a wee little man was he. This guy was a thief. He was a liar. He was a cheat. He sees Jesus coming, climbs up into a sycamore tree, has this incredible encounter with Jesus, and he says, man, if I have done anything wrong, if I have stolen from anybody, I will pay them up to four times the amount of which I stole from them. Luke chapter 19, eight, just so you know it's there. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus demands if somebody asks you for their shirt, give them your best jacket too. If somebody asks you to go one mile, go two miles. This is the generous life. It doesn't always have to do with finances. It has to do with your heart and how it is that you live. How does this apply to you? If you're given a tip, somebody's giving you good service, round up. Don't, don't be a person that, okay, that'll be $7.13. How about eight bucks or nine bucks? If it's good service, give them a 20. God's been good to you. Come on, a lot of these folks, they're putting themselves through school, right? A lot of these folks might be single mothers. I am telling you what, I have been more blessed. I have, it, it blesses me to make somebody cry. My wife, we, I love making people cry with tears of joy. Try to make somebody cry with your generosity. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then guess what you get to do? You get to give it. I can't believe you. I cannot. 
I, I can't even believe this is, you don't even understand. I have this bill and I got this bill and I got this bill. And you, and you know what you can say? I was just here. The Lord's the one that put it on my heart to make it happen. I want you to know that God is the one that has met this need. I was just a vehicle. Amen? So it's not you. You give all the glory back to him. You don't take any of it. But you get a chance to watch somebody cry. And I love watching people cry. If you make a meal for somebody, make a dessert for them too. I wish she was here, but Teresa Torres, about every year on my birthday, she makes my favorite soup is pozole. And she just doesn't drop off pozole. She drops off pozole and she drops off bags and bags of all the stuff that you add to the pozole. And then she will add into it a nice dessert. And I'm just like, I love Teresa. I just, I'm telling you, man, she knows how to be generous and she speaks my language. Not Spanish, but food. You know, and I just love that. Listen, if you, if you got young kids, and, and how many of you got kids and you like to go out on a date every now and then? Let, let me just tell you, a good babysitter is hard to find. Let me, let me share with you how you lock down a good babysitter. You guys babysitters right here, or you got kids? Stand up, just real quick. Walk, walk right, up, right through here and just wave at the crowd. Wave at the crowd. We got some babysitters. Now listen, keep going, keep going all the way through. Oh, turn around, let's go back now, wave this way. Give your phone numbers and email addresses and Facebook contacts. And, but let me tell you how you lock down a good babysitter. You bless the socks off of them because this is what happens. They come over, they watch your kids and they do a good job. They clean your house and they, they clean your house. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like you make it worth their time. If there's two people that are bidding for them for a Friday night, they're gonna be like, hey, somebody else is asking, do you need me? You're gonna lock it down. Why? Because of your generosity. And then you can move in to buy one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing this. I heard about this, I'm gonna start doing it myself. Buy one, give one, buy one, give one. Some of you know, I love clothes, I love, I, love, I love watches, I love shoes, I love shoes. I got shoes in my closet and I give a lot of stuff away, but I've got shoes in my closet that I, I just, I, don't, I, I won't wear. Why? Because I got new shoes. So I'm adopting something new that when I buy something, I got shirts in my closet that I haven't wore, probably because they won't fit, but I've got that I haven't wore in a long period of time. And so what I'm gonna do, I thought this was such a great idea. Anytime I buy one, I'm going to give one. I'm gonna give one to somebody that I know will appreciate it or you know, somebody that I know is the best, but even if not, I'm not going to buy another shirt or a piece of clothing but this is the deal is, is I've done this with vehicles as well. We've bought, we've bought cars for our kids or they've bought cars for, our, they've upgraded them and then we bless somebody else, come on, that, that needed a vehicle. So you could do this at every single level, but it's a wonderful thing to adopt. Buy one, give one, buy one, give one. You can't do it all the time, 
But boy, if you can do it, isn't that a great way to live generous? Amen? All right, so in closing, begin to live generous today and watch God change your heart because giving isn't just what you do. Come on, it's who you are. Don't just trust in what you see. Trust more in what God has said. Amen? Let me pray for you today. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for this incredible time together. And I thank you, Lord, for the privilege, and it is a privilege, to pastor this, in, this great church. And Lord, I just think of all that our church is a part of, not only in this community, but around the world, supporting missionaries and building churches in foreign countries and, and, and just so many different things. Lord, thank you for, for the children that we affect. You know, we're getting ready to go to the Dominican Republic and the truth is, is because of generosity, people have stepped up and they have said, listen, I'm going to support this child in the DR on a monthly basis, 50 bucks a month or whatever it is. We got a bunch of people that have done that. And now we get to go over in April just to build more and more relationships with those kids. This is a giving, generous church. And Lord, you have given us a vision that we've tapped into. Absolutely, we've tapped into. But it's much bigger than what it is that we're currently experiencing. We do have this gymnasium coming up, Lord, and what a great opportunity that is, not only for our own kids, but for this community. Lord, I see opening that gym up in the mornings early, just like they do over in Burley at Oregon Trail where people can just come in and walk, get out of the, get out of the weather and get into a safe environment where they can come and walk, they can exercise. Maybe there will be classes, who knows, Lord. But things that we can do to serve people of all ages, not just children, and Lord, I just know this, that conversation about you is going to come up. There's going to be salvations through that. People are going to come to know Jesus through that. And then it's just a stepping stone as well to what I believe is going to happen at some point or another. And that's a, a Christian school. That's really, really cool to think about. But Lord, we just ask that you would go before us. God, you know my heart. We want to do all that you've called us to do, but we don't want to be foolish about it. We don't want to get into a bunch of debt, not interested in a lot of debt. And so, Lord, we just pray even now, collectively as a church, that you'll begin to move on people in our church, but also in our community that will see the value in what it is that you've called us to do. Thank you, Lord, and just help us. Help us to be better stewards of our time. Help us to be generous in getting involved in things that is gonna benefit another, but not really, not really benefit us right now, but do it as unto you. I know this, Lord, that lives are changed whenever people do that. Once again, the Good Samaritan, boy, oh boy, nothing was in it for him except a heart for humanity. A heart for humanity, it cost him. It cost him a couple silver coins and maybe even some more. It cost him his time, 
but he just could not believe that his own people would just pass him by and pass him by and pass him by. Nobody would do anything to help, but he said, I can do something. Lord, let that be our heart today, that I can do something. I can do something anytime that you call me to do something. I can't do everything, but I can do something. Anytime I come across the situation or a need, I can do something. Maybe it's just giving a word of encouragement. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's a few dollars. But Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would continue to help us to live the generous life, the God-first life. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.